Praise the Lord, saints. Hallelujah. Happy to be in his house tonight. Could we just stand and have a word of prayer? I wanted to read Psalms 32 too. remember the first time I ever read this scripture I thought Lord that's the desire of my heart right there Psalms 32 2 it says blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity and in whose spirit there is no guile is that the desire of your heart amen let's just bow our heads and have a word of prayer almighty God it's always privilege and honor Lord be able to come here, Father, and just worship you in spirit and in truth tonight, Lord. Father, I just pray a special blessing upon this service, dear God. May you help us, Father, each one to just step out of ourselves. Lord, we love you so much and you're so good to us, Lord. It's a privilege and an honor to be your children, Lord. Knowing we can come before your mighty throne, Lord, with any request that we have. Lord, we just pray that you'd bless this service tonight. Anoint our voices as we sing these songs of worship to you, our God and our King. Oh, you're so good to us now. Blessed be your holy name. We just pray and ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. The congregation says... Amen. Well, we're singing majesty. Worship His majesty. One to Jesus be our glory, honor. And your Lord worship his majesty Jesus who died now glorified King of all kings 
sing that from the beginning with all your heart? Oh, majesty, worship his majesty. One to Jesus be our glory, honor, and praise. Oh, sing in majesty, kingdom authority. clap of praise tonight. Amen. Let's sing that song. Think about his love. Aren't you happy for his love? Amen. It's the key of F. Think about his love. Think about his goodness. Think about his grace that has brought us through. For as high as the heaven above, so great is the measure of our Father's Think about his goodness. Think about his grace that has brought us through.
is the measure of our Father's love. Oh, it sounds good tonight now. Think about His We think about Your love, Lord. Think about Your goodness. Think about His grace that has brought us for as high as the heaven above, great is that measure of our Father's love. Great is the measure of our Father's love. Oh, one more time now. Think about His love. Think about His goodness. Think about His grace. Oh, we're thankful, Lord, brought us flows from deep within amen let's sing this song with all of our heart Oh, 
Well, her life, it was ruined and wasted. And her soul, it was bound for hell. Oh, think about this now. But then she met the master. And he said, if you drink from this water, that you'll never thirst again. Where there came a sound from heaven. As a rushing mighty wind Will it fill their hearts with singing And it gave them peace within Oh, thank you, Lord, for that. Well, the prophet, he gave the promise that the Spirit will descend. Well, and from your friends and it frees your soul from sin but come to these waters come to these waters where there is a vast and there is a river and it never shall run dry can we give him a hand clap of praise tonight
Amen. God is so good, isn't he? Come on up, brother. i pray over the tithes and the offering. Brother Brad. We don't have to come to a little fountain that's got a little spurt. We got a gusher for us tonight. Let's all pray. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to be in your house again, Lord. Father, that we come thirsty tonight, God. Father, we expect to be fed from heaven. Lord, you see this brother that's going to be speaking for us tonight, Father. May you just anoint Brother JD, Lord. May you anoint our ears to receive, Father, any request among your people father may you just move among them lord may your spirit just move among us god may you heal the sick lord be with be with brother tony's mother and sister lord as we got that request earlier that there was in a car accident but they're fine but lord i just pray god may no harm be done there father lord may you be with the rest of this service to anoint the special singing lord the singing and the minister of the word and our ears to receive lord we place this service in your hands in jesus name amen Sister Deb's going to help me on this. I was a wandering soul Traveling a well-worn road A sinner so far from home No second chance inside I heard you call my name I felt you lift my shame And I made a vow that day That I'd spend the rest of my life Loving my Jesus Showing my scars Telling my story Of how mercy Can reach you where you are And I pray the whole world Hears the cry of my heart Is to see all the ones I love loving my Jesus Sin tries to make you hide Whispers that same old lie Keep all your pain inside no one will understand The only thing this lost world 
needs is the one that set me free. Then simplicity, it's a perfect love in my heart. Loving my Jesus, showing my scars, telling my story of how mercy can reach you where you are. And I pray the whole world hears the cry of my heart. See all the ones I love Loving my Jesus When all is said and done When my last song's been sung I stand face to face with the one who gave all for me. May all I have to show be all that mattered most. Making your great name known, let this be my only legacy Loving my Jesus Showing my scars Telling my story of how your mercy can reach you All the ones I love, all the ones I love, loving my Jesus. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that he'll meet you where you are? No matter where you're at, what your needs are, he'll come right down there and he'll meet you right there. Amen. Kia G. Well, I pledge allegiance to the land. With all my strength, with all I am, I will seek to honor His command. I pledge allegiance to the land. Don't y'all stand up and sing this with me now? I pledge allegiance to the Lamb 
with all my strength and with all I am well, I will seek to honor His command I pledge allegiance to the land I have heard how Christians long ago they were brought before a tyrant's throne and they were told that he would spare their lives if they would Renounce the name of Christ. But one by one, chose to die. The Son of God, they would not deny. Like a great angelic choir did sing. Like can almost hear their voices ring I pledge allegiance to the land With all my strength, with all I am Seek to honor command. I pledge allegiance to the land. All right, just, just everyone sing it quietly now. No music. I pledge allegiance to the land with all my strength with all I am, I will seek to honor His command. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. Amen. Do you have a longing for Jesus? big difference when you don't have a longing for Jesus and you don't know Jesus but when you do know him man all you do is start thinking about him and reading your reading his word and something on the inside just starts bubbling up amen and you get this this feeling there's nothing else in this world I'd rather have a longing for than Jesus Christ the king of the creation of all things amen I have a longing, a longing for Jesus. I have a longing in my heart for him. 
just to be near him when do with all your heart oh I have a longing a longing for Jesus I have a longing in my heart for just to be near him and to feel his presence I have a longing in my heart for him we have a longing, a longing for Jesus. We have a longing in our heart for Him. Just be near him and to feel his presence oh we have a longing in our heart for Give him another hand clap of praise tonight. Amen. God is awesome. You ever feel like the more that you surrender, the lighter you load? Amen. Let's just sing that. You ready for the word tonight? Well, the more that I surrender, the lighter my load. The more that I release my cares, the more He takes control. The more that I can humble myself, the more He lifts me up. Every day I live, Lord, I love You more. I surrender the lighter my load the more that I release my cares the more he takes control the more that I can humble myself the more he lifts me up 
Oh 
Father, we just come before you, Lord, and we want to we look to you, Lord. We ask that you would be our leader, Lord, that you would be our strength, Lord, that you would come and take your word and break it open to our hearts, Father. Anyone can take the book and open it up and read it, Lord, but it takes your Holy Spirit to make it real to our hearts, to give us a true revelation and understanding of it, Father. So I pray that you'd come and do that, Lord, that not, it wouldn't be just uh, residing in our minds, Lord, but that it would make the trip to our heart, Lord, and it would change us and transform us, Father. We commit ourselves to you for your glory, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, saints. Good to be back with you in the house of the Lord. Been on the road a lot lately, and God's been gracious to us, and uh, bless the meetings and the services. Just thankful to be back back home amongst the home folk. So um, uh, the title that came through uh, to the AV group and went online is just blown up since I was in the study. So if uh, you're looking at that and confused, well, you know, I am too. So we're here. <laughs> we love the Lord. Amen. And I want to speak about worship. And sort of with the subtitle, The Role of Emotion in Worship. So uh, we're going to turn in the scriptures to John chapter 4. And we're going to read from the verse 19. Uh, the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Amen. So she catches... The revelation, I'm dealing with a prophet based on what she saw manifested in front of her. So she sees this is a prophet, but the very next thing that she goes to is worship. Isn't that fascinating? Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. Now she's going to some theological arguments. All right? We, we are Samaritans. We worship in the mountains of Samaria. You worship in Jerusalem. We have a conflict. So which side are you on, Jesus? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to bring you to either side. I'm going to tell you the Jews know who we worship, but there's something further that's going on here right now. So our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh, when you shall neither in this you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship you know not what, my. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. 
For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. May the Lord add the blessing to the reading of his word. You can be seated. So the issue that Jesus is addressing here is worship. And humans are thinking of location, locality. You want me to put this back on? Okay. So we as humans, we want a location to worship at. We want a, we want a clear-cut answer. If you go to 2608 Mossy Oak Roads, that is where you can present your worship. Hum humanity, the flesh, is comforted in that because it feels like now, now I know I'm being accepted. Now I know I'm in the right place. This, this is where this Samaritan woman is at. She caught the first revelation, this is a prophet, but she's got to, she's got to continue on in the revelation. Now, that, now she has to see that it's the Messiah, but then it has to go further on. and She has to find what place is being pointed to us, right? So you might have a sacrifice, you might surrender something, but there's a place you need it to be brought to. You, you worship, you know not what. I mean, what a cutting statement. But what a, what a blessing for this woman to be in front of the one that can direct her to the right place. What does he direct her to? He says there's, there's a place you have to go to. In this, what is it? Where does he want him to worship? In spirit and in truth. That is the location. That is the place that he wants to. It's not, in a, it's not on a mountain. It's not Mount Moriah in Jerusalem. Uh, this, this place is an important place. But the Father is not receiving worship in that place. No matter what the Muslims want to tell you, no matter what the Jews want to tell you, just because you're there doesn't mean you're worshiping. Just because you're at the favorite church of all the message doesn't mean you're worshiping. Doesn't mean you think you have the best pastor in the world. Doesn't mean you're worshiping. It's not location-based. It's not, it's not humanity-based. It's God-centered. It's where God directs us to worship. And what he, wa what he wants as worship is in spirit and in truth. You know, you can, you can take this and look at it and say... Okay, so then we need a, a Pentecostal experience and we need Baptist theology. No, that's not what we're looking at. The, the, the Holy Spirit is who God is. God is a spirit. And if you want to worship him, you can worship him in spirit and in truth. What are we looking at? In, in one way we can say is it's a heart experience and it's a revelation of truth that comes to the mind and then down to the heart that brings transformation. That is the place that God wants us to be worshiping at. It's not a location. It's a condition, right? We can go further and say this, so, this is so simple. It's receiving the Holy Ghost. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? 
as we look through the book of Acts, Paul goes, goes to the people in, in the coast of Ephesus and he sees they're, worsh- they're worshiping something. They believe in Jesus. They believe in John the Baptist's message that Jesus was the Messiah. But he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they, when, they, when they, they said, we didn't even know about it. He says, what were you baptized? John's baptism. He only baptized to believe on him. Now you must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he laid, laid his hands on them, and then they received the Holy Ghost. For, so first of all, you're never going to worship God unless you're filled with the Holy Ghost. All right? And secondarily is Paul presented to them the truth of the word. The, 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 the truth for their day. Isn't it amazing to think about this? Is when God came to us, when God came to me, I didn't know the whole, the whole message. I, didn't, I couldn't explain the seven seals. I couldn't explain uh, the church ages. I couldn't explain who is this Melchizedek. I'd never heard it before. But when someone showed me in the Bible, Acts 2.38... I could say amen to that and respond in obedience to that, knowing that God was going to lead me further into truth. You hear people many times uh, say, well, I don't have to understand it. I just have to believe it. And Brother Branham said that. The problem is, is they stay right in that position. They stay there. They're 40 years in the message, and they say, I don't have to understand it. I just have to believe it. You're not supposed to stay there. See, it's worshiping him in spirit, and in truth. And, the, when, and the, when the spirit of truth comes, he'll lead you into all truth. For what? All truth for your age. God brought a message to us. This is so simple, it should be fundamental. He brought a message to us, not that we could just say, I believe it. You believe what? What do you believe? Because you could say, I, I believe that message. I say amen to every word. What word? Because if you're saying amen to everything the preacher says, what if the preacher leaves the word? You need to say, okay, I'll lay that aside and stay with the word. But if you don't, if you don't have a revelation which produces an understanding, how will you know how, what to say amen to? Uh, yeah. See, it's, it's, it's so simple. This is an eagle age. The eagle will understand. That's what Brother Branham taught us. The eagle will come to an understanding, and it's a spirit of revelation. Let's turn there. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1. And verse uh, 16. Uh, verse 15. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, so this is, this is Paul's start. He hears of their faith. So they have faith. He knows that God has dealt with them. He knows that they've received the Holy Ghost, right? So after I heard of that, I ceased not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So there's something further that they've got to enter into, something deeper. Paul is, he doesn't just say, oh, I heard of your faith. Have a nice day. Carry on. Right. <laughs> There's more to it. That the God, verse 17, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation 
in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Believers, go back to that verse with Josh. Do you understand? Do you know? Have your eye, the eyes of your understanding been opened to the revelation of the word in this hour? This was Paul's prayer. Is it being answered in you? Do you know what the hope of your calling is? Of what his calling for you is? And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints is? The seventh seal was opened so that you could receive this understanding. See, it's not just, well, I believe it. That's good. That's a good place to start. But you have to know. There has to be a spirit of revelation come that would produce an understanding. Again, you say, I believe it. Start there. But keep walking. Keep moving. You can't, you can't be, become stagnant there because then you're not being led into all truth. See, it's a, it's a process. It's a motion. You're going towards something. You're moving further and deeper into the truth of this day. Otherwise, we just grab some tapes and go sit down and say, I don't understand it, but I believe it. Press play. But that's not entering into the maturity of the word that's come to us in this day through Brother Branham's message. There's a depth and a reality that we have to plumb, that we have to go. We have to dive into this word and let it change us and grow into it. Verse uh, 18, uh, 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come amen so we we have something in this hour to enter into and to grow into, there is a revelation that's coming forth from an open book that we've got to eat it. It's not enough to know about its existence. It's not enough to say, I heard that there's a book to eat. No, you have to eat it. It's not, it's not merely just knowing about it, knowing some facts regarding it. You've got to eat it. And then you've got that, that word goes into you. And what is it going to produce? You must prophesy again. The word has to come in, be digested, and then you've got to manifest that word. And when you think about worship, you have to go back into God's purpose. Number one, in the beginning, God created everything for what? Because he wanted to be worshipped, right? You could say, well, he wanted fellowship. True. But ultimately, he was wanting his family to worship him. So what is worship? Think about that for a second. What is worship? It's bringing an offering. That was worship at one point in time. But the offering has been offered. It's finished. It's over with. The blood has been shed. Everything that God needed accomplished when Jesus was on the cross, he said, it is finished as far as a blood sacrifice. So what was purchased was there. Does that mean that worship is over with? No. 
Indeed, it is not over with. We are to worship him in spirit and in truth. And this is the place that I don't want you to get confused by. We think worship. We come to church. We have the song leader. We have people singing specials. And singing, this is our worship. It's, it's part of it. Certainly part of it. It isn't all of it because it, everybody does that. Brother Branham in God is this evil age clearly says they're singing the songs and preaching the sermons and they're worshiping Satan and don't even know it. And so it, it goes back to the sp- in spirit and in truth, not merely forms, not just preaching, not just singing, not shouting, not dancing. Those are all secondary things right? that come out of true worship. So he made us to worship. He created us in a specific way so that we could worship him. Then he sends the gospel out to all nations, not just to the Jews. Now he sends it to all nations. Why? Because there's not worship out there. He wants to receive worship. So let's go back into a little bit of a mystery here. When God created, created everything, in him was attributes. Right? You and I, his predestinated seed. But beyond that also, the attributes of expressing who he is in himself. He is sovereign. He's mercy. He's love, grace. He is judge. He is just. He is uh, wrath, full of wrath. He is, um, uh, and, and on and on and on. I'm not going to list off every attribute that I know. But um, the point being is he wanted to put himself on display. He wanted to reveal himself. It wasn't merely just for fellowship or merely just this abstract concept of worship. We're, that's what we're trying to put before you is He wanted us to know him for all that he is. And so, secondarily, he made us in his image and likeness so that you and I, as his attributes, are a reflection back to him. And so, when we bring worship, ultimately what God is bringing us towards in worship is so that we would be one with him, right, and reflect the attributes of him back to him. The attributes of our life. In other words, so if you want to know God, if you want to know who he is, what kind of world did God create for us to live in? Did he create us to live in a paradise where everything was perfect and easy and simple? No. Even in the Garden of Eden, there was a devil Even in their Garden of Eden, there was temptation. Because it's not God's purpose for you just to sit there and be innocent. He wants you to be confronted by evil so that you can grow into maturity. See, and when when he wants worship, he he wants you knowing him. So you're never going to know him just merely in uh, an easy life. A simple life. A life without trouble, a life without trials. If you could know him that way, then what was the purpose of putting the tempter there in the beginning? 
Even if they pass the test, the tempter is still there because they have to defeat him. And so the, they fell, the fall came, evil spread throughout the, all the world, and were confronted with, confronted with it and the fruits of it continuously. And so we face trials, we face tribulations. So it's not enough to know him merely in the power of his resurrection, but you also have to, to fully know him in all that he is. In maturity, you have to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. You'll never fully know him, and you'll never reach the maturity of the attribute that he's created you to be unless you're confronted with troubles, trials, and evil. And so that trouble, trials, and evil then, what does it do? It actually reveals to you who God is and his purpose for you. Every trial you have is predestinated. When, when I went into the hospital with COVID and almost died, that was predestinated trial. What was it for? So I would know him more. Now I know him in a way that I never, knew, never could poten- potentially know him before that. And in, in, in not, just, not just one thing, but in multitudes of ways through that trial and through that tribulation. Whatever you're going through now, it's ordained of God for you to go through it so that you can know him more and then reflect back to him more his nature and his attributes. That is worship. That is the worship that God is trying to get. Right? So when we look at it, we can't just say the worships are, I, I, I just love to worship. Okay, I do too. But what do you mean by that? If you think worship is just, is it, um, is it just happen when you're jumping and shouting and dancing? Is it happen when there's an altar call and the preacher, preacher's emotional and you're emotional and everybody's coming? That's only worship. Again, I'm not saying I'm not saying these aren't. I'm saying is your concepts of what worship is will reflect your attitude towards your life. You know, if you don't if you don't see that God is worshipped in every range of emotion. Think about it. Fear is an emotion. Anger is an emotion. Anxiety is an emotion. Peace is an emotion. Joy is an emotion. Sorrow is an emotion. Emotions are part of what makes us what we are. Emotions are a part of the uh, human experience. They can be bad and they can be good. They can be inappropriate. If somebody dies and you're laughing for joy, that's inappropriate emotions. (laughs) If the prophet stands up and says, everybody be quiet and reverent, and you stand up and walk around and are loud, that's inappropriate emotions. See, there's a a time and a season for everything. And so when we look at all of these emotions, we have to understand is this is just an outflow. This isn't the main event. The main event is you reflecting him back to him. That's where worship is. And that can be here in church. That's at your home. That's at your work. That's on the road. When somebody cuts you off and drives terrible, uh, which happens all the time in Beaufort. (laughs) That's, That's when somebody frustrates you from church. Your good buddy makes you mad. These things happen. But it's then what's the next step? That's where, when we reflect his character back to him, now there's real worship taking place. And again, it's in spirit and in truth. Only, only through that 
new birth and through the revelation of the truth can we worship him. But then out of that, it produces something. Let's turn to uh, Matthew 15, verse 7. And we'll read 7, 8, and 9. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draws nigh unto me with their mouth and honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. This is beautiful. We see this whole... Go back, Brother Josh. Stay on 9. We see this whole picture... Coming, coming clear in this place. So first of all, they draw near with their lips. They're paying lip service. <clears throat> They're saying the things in the scripture. They're speaking the word. They're, they're Jewish people. They're praying prayers of the Bible, right? They're repeating the Bible. They, 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 they do it with their, their mouth and honor with their lips, but their heart is far from God. See, so it's outward. It's merely outward emotion, outward worship with the mouth. Their heart, how, how, how do we know their heart is far from God? Because when God manifested himself through Jesus Christ to them, they did not enjoy that. <laughs> they didn't say amen. They didn't, they didn't receive what was spoken. So their heart was far from him. Even further we can go is they did this with outward worship, but the, their emo, the emotion, the heart is the seat of the emotions. So they had, they had no heart connection with God. It was just outward forms. Then it says in vain, it produces no results. Their worship produces no results. So they're worshiping, but it produces no, res no results. Why does it do that? Because they're teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. They're not teaching the revealed and manifested truth. They're teaching their own mind, their own understanding. And as a result, their heart is far from God. False doctrine produces a heart that's far from God that's just lip worship, not heart worship. So we don't live by emotion. We live by faith. So that's the foundation. We're to be governed by the word of God, the word of truth. Not by how we feel. If we're governed by how we feel, we'll be continuously up and down. I know you guys are so steady you never go up and down, but I'm, I, I'm up and down. Some days I'm sad. Some days, some days I'm excited. Some hours I'm sad. <laughs> some hours I'm excited. Sometimes I'm happy, and it all goes up and down. But my faith is not based on my emotion. And... Many times, I mean, you think about the suffering and the trials that you're going through. We are called to suffer and rejoice. We need to get there. But many times, we're, we're not having a fun time. 
when we're struggling, when we're suffering, and we're dealing with a, a, a spiritual battle over our emotions. The devil wants to control us using emotion. He wants to, uh, to destroy our faith. He wants, to br- he wants to bring us to a place where we're not entering in regardless of how we feel. See, that's, there's, there's, there's that important thing is faith is not going, well, I feel bad now, so I, I, I'm walking in unbelief. Now I feel happy, I'm walking in faith. No, we've got to just, we keep walking. We keep going forward. I mean, think, think about this. Joy, peace, self-control, they're all fruits of the Spirit. The Spirit of God inside of you produces joy and peace and self-control. In fact, it's actually a manifestation of the Spirit being in you and working in you. And as believers, we grow into that. We don't stay stagnant. When you're first a believer, joy, peace, self-control are low. Right? But as, as you grow in grace... What, what is it going to do? It's going to increase. The other part of the, that we realize is, Brother Branham tells us, without emotion, you're dead. This is worshiping God with an expression, a heartfelt expression of emotion, is part of worship from the very beginning. From the very beginning. If we don't, if we're not, if this isn't touching your heart, this word isn't touching your heart, there's something wrong. You bring up the, the PowerPoint I sent. In the, um, oh, we're getting that. Brother Branham says in 1957, why some people can't keep the victory. Now you cannot bring this, a message of this brand new Holy Spirit baptism into a dry, formal, creedy church. You just can't do it. Now remember, I love you with all my heart and I hope that God will let you know But I've got a little boy at home going on two years old. If I seen him doing wrong and I didn't correct him, I wouldn't love him. That's right. And I want to say this, that our great move of the church of the living God in this nation has become in two factions. One of them is going so stiff and starchy and intellectual. The other ones went plumb off at the deep end on the other side. That's exactly the truth, brother. That's right. Went plumb to the fanatic side. There's no middle of the road. My. If you go to the next screen. Friends, I've always tried to keep a balance of the road. You get way off on formalism, just formal and ritualistic as they can be. People grab for that lot. Then if you don't watch, you'll get plumb off over on the other side and be just as fanatic as you can be. But there's a middle of the road where the true, sound, sane gospel is preached and God moves in there vindicating the truth. Amen? So you see there's a balance. There's, there's, There's... there's a, a, a straight and narrow path, and we need to walk in the balanced way. But there's ditches on either side of this. And what, what the enemy wants to do when you're walking that narrow path as a Christian, he wants to pull you into one of these ditches. Turn you into, well, it's just, you know, it's just uh, all that emotion and stuff. You don't want any of that. Then on the other side is, well, if you don't have emotion, you don't have nothing. My goodness, there's a balanced way. It's like you're trying to present the picture to people 
from one of these two angles, and my, it sounds so good and sounds so logical, except for you're not even looking at the right picture. You're looking at something completely different. You're not going by the word, which is seeing it completely different. And you'll see this as we look at some of these quotes. Um, it's important to understand. You might see one quote, and then, and then I, and you think, where is he going with this? But wait for the next one. <laughs> because, you know, you have this people, and people do it. They grab both sides. I've said this, if I've said this once over this pulpit, I've said it 50 times. Don't grab one quote, hold on to it with all your life, and grab all the stones with your other hand, and throw it on the other side at the other quote. What kind of crazy is this? And then they, they both are holding on to quotes, throwing rocks at each other. It's, it's, a, it's an immature approach to a walk with God and approach to the Word. You know, I don't even want to say it, but somebody might listen and you hear, oh, he's reading that quote, us, turn it off. <laughs> you know, it's, this is the attitude. This, this quote is dangerous. Don't go to that quote, it's dangerous. Oh, well, well, if you go over this quote, then that's dangerous for the other side. It might be dangerous for you to be handling quotes in the first place. If that's your approach and that's how you take them. All right. Um, I'm sorry if that's too small. I know... I, I would say for you old people, but if I was sitting there, it'd be too small for me. So, <laughs> Amongst a lot of people, we find where emotions and so forth, they become tattlings. I think Brother Matt sent this to me one time, and it just struck me so much. Amongst a lot of people, we find where emotions and so forth, they become tattlings and backbitings and all kind of ungodly things. Brother, that sulfuric acid in the church. It's demon power, spirit of men and women who get among one another and try to push off, say, this is not right, that's not right, that's not right. What is he, he's talking about a critical spirit. If you'll chase it down nine times out of ten, it's the very person making the stir that's not right. Amen? God hates discord among brethren. Be reverent, be holy, love God, stand by him. As long as you know your life is divvying up with the Bible, with purity of heart, purity of thought, Love towards your brother, trying your best to upbuild the kingdom of God and doing those things, dressing right, living right, talking right, going right places. Then you can have all the emotions you want to, and everybody will believe it. Amen. Amen. Visible union of the bride of Christ. So you see, she's pregnated with something because she's bringing forth members all the time. But she don't want none of them screaming, hollering, blabbering, Acts 2.38, miserable creatures that she thinks they are. It would certainly embarrass her. It would ruin her and her educated, ethical, scientific society, church, that she belonged to there. They would throw her out at the next council. She can't have it. So she, she don't want to be pregnated with the word because that's the only kind that the word can bring forth. Born of the Spirit of God. It has the Spirit of God in it. No intellectual church join and creed going. Bobbed hair, painted face. There's no such thing as, as that in all of it. You don't find that in the Word of God. You find an old-fashioned, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled child, born of the Spirit of God, screaming, hollering, shouting, Amen. praising God. Amen. It produces something in you. Now, again, right? 
It's not the only quote in the message, though. We have this, and he, he, he brings all directions to it. This is what it produces. It produces an Acts 2.38 person that's expressing whatever it is that God's pouring out on her. Whatever emotion it is, whatever, whatever gift of the Spirit. I mean, if we want to look at the big picture, we believe that the gifts of the Spirit are in operation in the church. They're for every one of you. We believe in them, and the Bible says we should seek them. They're not just emotion. They're a supernatural power of God. Secondarily, on the other hand, is true worship always produces a heartfelt response. When I was laying in the bed dying, do you think I wasn't having emotion do you th when the Lord healed me? you think I wasn't rejoicing? It, was, it might have been a little weak with, with my voice, but I, my hands were in the air and I was crying. And the nurses that walked by wondered what ha was happening. You see, this, this is the Spirit of God moves in us. And the point is, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed until the day of your redemption. Brother Branham isn't trying to fit you into a box to say, you have to do this this way, then you, are, then you have the Holy Ghost. See, he's not trying to fit you into a box. He's trying to say, these, when the Spirit of God moves, these are the things that it produces, and you yield yourself to what it, the Spirit of God produces. You don't say, well, my, my doctrine says that uh, I don't holler and scream and speak in tongues. Okay, we have a problem. Then we need repentance. We need to go back to the Word. Because that's what it produces. And when you're baptized into the Holy Ghost, into the body of Christ, you're subject to every gift that's working in that body. And we have to it requires surrendering to that. Surrendering. Letting the Holy Spirit flow through you. The Holy Spirit is moving on you and you want to scream? Scream. The Holy Spirit is moving on you and you want to cry, cry. All of these range, ranges and different things. The Holy Spirit moves on you and you want to sit quietly and pray. Sit quietly and pray. Let the Spirit of God work in you and give Him His way. Um, I'm going to have to switch you over back and forth, Brother Josh. I'm sorry. Acts 2. We're going to look at 14 through 17. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, You men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. So we see this is what the Spirit of God produced on the day of Pentecost. Amen. And this is what the Spirit of God does. But don't get so hunkered down on this that you don't see the whole picture. That the, receiving the Holy Ghost is the new covenant coming into effect on your life. It's the washing away of your sins. It's the writing of the Word of God on your heart. See? It produces all of these things. The people shouted. They, the, the people on the outside said, what is wrong with these people? They look like they're drunk. Yeah. 
Amen. That's scripture. This is what the Spirit of God produces. Don't be so dignified that you can't let the Spirit of God make you look like a drunk man. Let him give you visions. How many wants the Spirit of God to just do whatever he wants to do in your life? And you're willing to surrender whatever it is to him so that he can flow through you without hindrance. That's my desire. All right, switch back. <laughs> now we have the other quote that people like to hunker down on. And from the rapture. While he's pulling that up, I'll get started reading it. Don't the Bible say in the last days shall come? Uh, thank you. Even worse to see. I'm so sorry. I had such short time back there. I was flying back and forth. Don't the Bible say in the last days there shall come false Christs? Not false Jesus now, false Christ, anointed ones. Falsely anointed to the word, denominational anointed, but not to the word. For the word will bear record of itself. It don't need nothing else. It'll bear record to itself. And there will come false anointed ones. You got my tape on that. Oh, if you call one of them say, oh, are you a Jesus? Oh, certainly not. They wouldn't stand for that. But when it comes to an, oh, glory, I got the anointing. And it's genuine anointing. Remember, Caiaphas had it too and prophesied. So did Balaam have it and prophesied. But that don't have nothing to do with this inside. Unless that was God's seed, his gene from the beginning, predestinated, you're finished. I don't care how much you shout, speak with tongues, run, shout. That's got nothing to do with it. A cocklebur can count just as much as any of the rest of them. I've seen heathens raise and shout and speak in tongues and drink blood out of a human skull and call on the devil, see? So you don't want... Any of them sensations and things, forget it. It's your heart and that word, and that's Christ. Bring it in there. Watch it make itself known, just as it opens up like any other seed and declares itself for the age it's living. Can you say amen? <laughs> Can you look at this quote and look at that other quote and not be stumbled and offended and hurt and say, what, which side is he trying to pull from? Everybody's going to be sending texts out. Well, what was he trying to say? We're, let's stay with the word. Let's not go down into a ditch. You don't want any of them sensations and things. Forget it. If your understanding of that causes you to go back to invisible union and cancel it out, you're making an error. You're making a mistake. Because it's, cl it's clear, Brother Branham said, is scriptural. We read it in Acts 2. It's a, he's, li, he's literally expositing in his own way, in the way the prophet does. He's expositing that scripture in Acts 2. In Acts 2, this is what it produced. Screaming, hollering, blabbering, tongue-talking. Acts 2.38. Okay? You, you might interpret what he's saying to mean assemblies of God, go in the back room and repeat the tongue. That's not what he's saying. You know he's not saying that, right? He's not saying, he's saying don't run after the sensation. He's saying it's your heart and that word and that's Christ. Bring it in there and watch itself make itself known. See, he's, get, he's giving you the balanced picture. See, you go, you go to that quote in invisible union and you just separate it from the rest of the quote 
you can really nail the people that take this quote. But we're not here to nail anybody with quotes. We're here. We want to worship God. We want to serve the Lord. We want to want to walk in the manifestation of the hour and be led into all truth. See, if you seek after sensations, this is what Brother Branham's trying to point you to. If you seek after sensations, you probably will get one. We're not to seek after that. We're to seek for the word. We're to be born of the word. And when the Holy Ghost comes in us, it, it produces word children. Which the word children are subject to all the gifts of the Spirit. They're subject to every emotion that God would produce in their life. And you find... You find drop that. You find that as you walk with God... It's in the midst of trials, struggles, suffering, things that should produce negative emotions, that God comes by His Spirit and overrides that, and we see through all of it His goodness. And it brings a tear to our heart and a rejoicing to our heart. Isn't that amazing? It brings a tear and a rejoicing to our heart at the same time. How does that work? How do we understand that? If you're, if you're born of the Spirit of God and you've been walking with God for just a little bit, you understand it. <laughs> the anointing, the Brother Branham says, that anointing doesn't have anything to do with the inside. See, God's seed, his gene from the beginning, and we understand that seed, that gene from the beginning, on the inside of the inside, there has to be a a birth that it's brought to by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then that, the birth of the Word, that's how I want to phrase it, being born of the Word, that then produces its life. He says, bring it in there and watch it make itself known, just as it opens up like any other seed and declares itself for the age it's living in. That's worship that God's looking for. He wants us to see him, right? We, we see him in his manifestation of himself. We receive him into us. Then we reflect that word back to him. And this is where real worship takes place. One writer has said, truth without emotion produces dead orthodoxy and a church full of artificial admirers. On the other hand, emotion without truth produces empty frenzy and cultivates shallow people who refuse the discipline of rigorous thought. But true worship comes from the people who are deeply emotional and who love deep and sound doctrine. Strong affections for God rooted in truth are the bone and marrow of biblical worship. We live... In a body. God ordained that to be. And he even ordained the fact that you live in a body that has another nature in the flesh that's fighting against his nature inside of you by the Spirit of God. And so it's in the midst of all of these things as the truth comes to our hearts, grows within us, and we, we, we get deeper and deeper and deeper in our walk with him, that is the place where those emotions become, get produced.
And you know, as a believer, you're not walking, living, and saying, well, I just can't, I can't walk with God, Brother Matt. I haven't had the joy of the Lord. I felt really down. I just can't walk with him anymore because I don't have any emotions. No? We keep walking. Life is seasons. We go through things. We go through trials. We go through things that just about could destroy us if it wasn't for his grace. And, and those negative emotions are even part of it all, too. Let's go back to the scripture. Uh, James, no, 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10, we're going to look at. And uh, my time is short, so I'm just going to go quickly, Brother Josh. I'll pray for you back there. 2 Corinthians 7, 10, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, to salvation not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. You see sorrow. Two different kinds of sorrow. But it's both sorrow. One is godly sorrow. The other one is worldly sorrow. Worldly sorrow produces death. Right? Depression. Anxiety. Godly sorrow leads you to repent. That's an emotion. Right? Psalm 51.17 The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. My goodness. So here we have God telling us when, you're, when, you're, when your heart is broken, when you're weeping before him because of your sin, or you're weeping before him because of the abominations done in the city, God loves that. Well, I don't, I don't want to feel that way. You should want whatever God is bringing into your life. Amen? And he'll use those things for his purpose. We see that just as a negative thing, but God doesn't see it that way. He sees it differently. Psalm 42. Whenever someone feels depressed or down, I always encourage them to read Psalm 42, Psalm 43. Uh, verse 1, as the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude, I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holiday. Right there you see within the scripture two parts of it. He's remembering the time that he, had a, he went for the holy day to the temple and he was rejoicing and full of praise and saying, I, I want that back. I want that place back. And yet even in this place, God says, a broken and contrite spirit he won't despise. So what a range of emotion that's taking place. But this, that's what faith in God produces. It will produce emotion. Yeah. Scripture is full of it. I mean, you literally could just read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and point out the places where there is emotion. Psalm 1, I'm just going to go fast. Don't have to turn there. Psalm 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. 
Come before his presence with singing. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Psalm 150, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Skipping ahead, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. You see, in each of these, there's different emotions that are being expressed. It's a part of true faith. When you have genuine faith, it produces something in your heart. Brother Branham speaks about this over and over again. You know, you're familiar with the quotes. I just want to go quickly over them. Says sister says, oh, it's, I, would, I, I can't stand that worship. It makes me so nervous. I hear all that noise. Brother Branham says, well, you're going to feel real uncomfortable in heaven. If you ever got to heaven, you'd freeze to death if you, if you heard that noisy group going up there. So this is a quiet place. Also, he tells the people many times. You can read this and, and search it in the table. In expectations, he says, would you be seated just a moment? Everybody reverent now, quiet. We like to rejoice. Everybody likes to rejoice. I do. But now when you're approaching God, there's a certain way to approach God. Everybody be, be real reverent and pray. You see, this is, this is one way or the other way. Should we choose one way or the other way? It depends on the, the circumstances. It depends on how the Holy Spirit is moving. And we have to be sensitive to how he's moving. Brother Branham says, and can we see Jesus? So that's the way divine healing is. It's based not upon some emotion, not upon shaking or something of, of that type, not upon anything, but accepting what God promised you and Jesus died that you might have it. Amen. All right, in uh, Jehovah Jireh, part one, he says, now we can, look, we can look upon congregations and upon the world today, upon what's called Christianity, and find out it's a million miles from Christianity. And it's predicted in the Bible to be that way. Now many accept Christ in the way of saying, well, I believe him. Why, the devil believes the same thing, see? Many of them tries to accept it upon emotion, say, well, I spoke with tongues, I danced in the spirit. Seeing witch doctors do the same thing, and devil dancers in Africa, sure. Speak in tongues and drink blood out of a human skull and call on the devil. My mother is an Indian, half Indian, and her people. I've seen them take pencil, lay it down like that, and watch pencil run and write in unknown tongues. Then stand there and interpret it, calling on the devil. Sure, see, you can't, we can't go by emotions. See, your life that you live testifies what you are, see? No matter what kind of sensation. You cannot base Christianity on any sensation. It's a life. Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them, not by their profession, not by what they say. Jesus also said, you draw nine with me or with your lips, but your heart is far from me. That's their profession. See, your life tells what? And if a man says he believes God and denies one word of this Bible or changes it in any way, why it's got to be wrong. And we would see Jesus, he says, the message, if you don't get the thing... You just, you have to have faith. There's only one way to be healed, and that's by faith. Your emotions, that won't save you. Your mental ideas, it won't save you. It's got to be faith. And faith does not, cannot, never will fail 
when you really believe it. So it's not intellectualism that we're saved by or healed by. It's also not emotions that we're saved by or healed by. It's faith. And faith is what? It's a revelation, which is a gift from God. God imparting to you faith to receive his promises and what he said. We cannot follow human emotions. Human emotions cannot be our leader. The, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. Musicians, if you'd come. Heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That can't be our heart, can't be our guide. Our emotions can't be our guide. But what does it say? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Not as many as are led by their emotions. Not as many as are led by intellectualism, but as many as are led by the Spirit. And so when we, when we look at all of this, and when we see what worship is in the bigger picture, not merely inside of this church walls, though that's part of it, but every day, every hour, every place, everywhere you go, is what is it all about? What is eternal life? Message believers say, living for others. No, that's part of it. But eternal life, you can live for others and still be lost. Jesus says, this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So in our worship, he wants us to know him in spirit and in truth. But not just, it's not just a knowledge, but it's knowing him through what we experience and what we walk through in our life. When we meet him, we meet with him, we see him manifested. You don't just see him manifested by looking at the pillar of fire picture of Brother Branham. That's wonderful. That's a way to see him manifested. But that's, that is, that's a historical thing. You could say that's what's happened in the past. No, it's you right now knowing him, experiencing him. Not just back when you got the Holy Ghost, but when every day, every hour, every night, the things that you're going through, the, the, the horrible things that happen in your life that you wish didn't happen, we all wish didn't happen. And yet God purposed and planned that they did happen. And in that, when you say, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Now there is the worship that God is looking to because you're reflecting back to him. God, you know, you're good, you're love, you have me, I'm walking with you regardless of the circumstances, regardless of how I feel, regardless of what I'm going through. And when you're doing that kind of worship, we know it produces gifts, it produces emotions, it produces tears, it produces quiet, it produces loud, it produces rejoicing, all of those things. I think this is, I think this is a simple message, really. I don't think it's very complicated. If you can understand it, we want to see the Spirit of God move in our lives. We want to know Him more. So we have to remember, don't grieve Him. Your doctrine can grieve Him. Why? Because you could say, no, I don't want that. Because I don't believe that's this. Well, sometimes that's true. 
But remember, it has to come by the word and by his leadership in your life. That's what it comes down to. And many times the enemy comes and, and brings some kind of thing that would try to bring division, try to, try to bring hurt, try to bring confusion. But if you just wait a little bit, if you just step back a little bit, wait to hear his voice before you move forward, before you act, he will guide you and bring you to the place that he wants you to be. Amen. Let's stand and pray. Father, we just come before you, Lord, and we're so thankful, oh God, for your grace and mercy in our lives. We're so thankful for your word, Lord, in this day, Lord. It's, if we could just take all of it and say amen to it, we would really begin to see that spirit of revelation working forth. Because many times it's in those places where people are arguing and fighting between this quote and that quote and this scripture and this scripture is when you can just get quiet and hear your voice, the voice of the Lord, is you'll show us the path in the, in the balance, in that middle of the road, walking down the narrow way, not, the, not in the ditch, not the broad way, but Lord, the path that you've ordained, which is life. We want to commit our hearts to you, Lord, as we go to prayer and prayer requests and singing to you, Lord. May you be the center of our joy, center of our hearts even now. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to sing that song, The, um, the Goodness of God. Do we, have, we don't have a piano player. We have a guitar player. So you want to, you know that, Brother John, at all? I can help with it. Let me just grab the lyrics quick. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God All my I've known you as a father. 
I've known you as a friend, and I have lived in the goodness of God. All my prayer requests in tonight. Brother Caleb writes in, please pray for Sister Julia. Um, why don't we gather to the front? I keep, I always forget that part. <laughs> We're not all sick, so we can come and fellowship together up front. Amen. Amen. So, Brother Caleb Buckman wrote in, Please pray for Julia, Sister Julia, when you gather the people in front. She's having frequent and very painful migraines that sometimes last days. Oh, my. I don't know the bodily reason for them, but God knows and can strike that demon wherever it lays. Amen. Amen. And uh, thank you. From Sister Sharon Carter, prayer request for her co-worker. Her name is Stacy. She's had epilepsy since she was 12. And recently they've been getting worse. Her specialist told her that because she's been on so many medications with normal results, it's likely that no medication will help her. Wow. Her seizures happen in, in the part of the brain that controls emotion and speech. With, so with more seizures, she risks brain damage in those areas. Amen. Please pray for a complete healing and deliverance for her. Um, prayer for Sister Smith um, involved in a car accident with um, also her daughter, I think Sister Deborah. Um, we had a car accident tonight and um, nothing life-threatening, life but definitely need prayer. And I know there's a lot of people traveling as well So um, this weekend. So be in prayer for everyone for that. Amen. If you have an unspoken request, just lift your hands to the Lord. He knows and he sees. Amen. Father, we look to you. We're so thankful, Lord, that we can come to you, Lord, with these requests, knowing that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You told us, I am God, and I change not, Lord. So we know you healed the sick. You delivered people from demonic powers before, and so you do it again today, Lord. And so we, if the same conditions are met, Brother Branham said, the same results were come. And so we're coming in faith. Lord, we want to lift up Sister Julia, oh God, with those migraines.
Father, would you touch and heal her, Lord? And we, we bind that demon in the name of Jesus Christ. May there be total healing and no migraines appear ever again there, Lord, for Sister Sharon's co-worker, Lord. Would you just bring a supernatural touch, Lord? What, my goodness, what a horrible situation that the devil's backed her into, Lord. But what a blessing she has to have Sister Sharon in her life that can, this request can be made known, Lord. And we're just coming into that place and we're rebuking the enemy. Joining our faith together in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, and by the word, commanding healing into her mind, into her brain, so that she'd be totally delivered there. Lord, we pray for Sister Smith, Lord God, would you just be with her, Lord, knowing getting along in age and these bumps and bruises can be such a problem, Lord, but we're not looking at the problem, we're looking at you, the healer, Lord. We ask that you touch her, Lord, supernaturally, make her completely well. She wouldn't even have a bump or a scratch or anything. That she would walk forth, forth, not only healed, but stronger than even she was before, Father. Pray for those traveling as well. Lord, I ask that you'd grant traveling mercies. Lord, go before them. May the angel of the Lord encamp about them, Lord. Keeping them safe on the roads, keeping them safe from others, Lord. Just bring them safe where they're going and bring them safe home, Father. We thank you for all your goodness, Lord. All the prayers that you've answered, Lord, all the healing, all the deliverance, the cancers healed, the people delivered from death, from sicknesses and from heart attacks and all the things that you've done, Lord, you're faithful. You're good, Lord. We look to you and we're so, so grateful for all that you're going to do through these prayer requests that have been made known. We give you glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Any testimonies? tonight. Yes, sir. I forgot the prayer request. Yeah. I'm a customer named Jack Purcell. His wife's name is Nancy. Uh, Lynx Magazine. And when I walked in this week, uh, I could tell her countenance was down and ask her what was wrong. And uh, long story short, he ended up uh, having a cough and didn't know what it was. And I just want to pray for him. He, uh, he went to the doctor, and they went in. They found a piece of uh, corn actually stuck in his lungs, wow. and it, it was a growth, and they removed it. They didn't know what it was until they took it apart. It was just a piece of corn infected, and, and you know, he's on antibiotics, and he's feeling better. However, the scope saw a piece of cancer wow. when they were coming back out on his larynx, mm. and um, they're both waiting with anticipation on you know, what the results are and whatnot. But his name is Jack Purcell, and I just pray that everybody just pray with me. For okay, him. let's pray now. Father, we want to lift up Jack Purcell to you now, Lord. Uh, seems to be that there was a great mercy that took place, Lord, through this, through this trial, Lord, revealing something, Lord. And so now, now what's made known, we can, we can rebuke and we can come against, Lord. So we rebuke that. Whatever that is, Lord, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ and we ask for total healing so that he, he would be come with the testimony that he's totally well, Lord. Uh, I pray, Father, that you'd open the door through that through Brother Brad to be able to testify and witness to them, Lord. Their hearts would be touched and changed, Father. Commit them to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Any testimonies?
Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, yes. Don't know. If we, oh, yep. there we go. Okay. Praise the Lord. First of all, three quick things. I want to thank the Lord for this young man seeing him here tonight. <laughs> Steve, good Amen. to see you. Amen. Uh, next thing is that I, I just wanted to say, Brother Jason, I, I so enjoyed that. Praise My goodness. That was, I love your ability to take a teaching lesson, and it's not just data. It gets, it, it just has, a, you have a way of just stitching it into life. Praise and it, it draws a picture. And my goodness. Uh, you know, I, 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 there's so much I want to say about that sermon, but I'll get too excited, so I'm not, not going to do it. Third thing is, um, I started praying uh, early this morning because I looked at the forecast, and next week when Brother Tim and Timothy and all of them are here, it was showing rain and rain. And I just started praying early this morning. I said, Lord, just change that and just bring the sun out. And now I'm looking at it, and it's sunshine all next. Praise I can Lord. see all the way through Thursday, <laughs> and it's just all of that rain went away, and it's turned sunny. Wow. So I want to thank the Lord for that. Praise Amen. the Lord. Hallelujah. Any other testimonies? I have a testimony. Uh, each place that I went to, I went to... Uh, Brother Chris Merritt's, uh, not last Sunday, but the Sunday before. Um, I didn't know what to preach on. I, when I got into this study, I picked something that was on my heart and uh, went out. They sang four songs that literally described exactly the sermon that I preached. Then I went uh, the next Wednesday and preached in uh, Roseburg, or no, uh, Monmouth, Brother Rich Cobbs. And uh, I preached on overcoming depression for them. And I seen the pastor and his wife like elbowing back and forth. And he came and said, brother, I don't know what to say. If you had come up and prophesied or spoken tongues and interpreted, it wouldn't have been any more precise to what people are going through at this church. And then on, on Sunday, I couldn't get peace about what message. So I went up to the pulpit with three different things opened up thinking, the Lord will show me what it is going to be. And I said, well, I just want to talk to you for a few minutes about something that's on my heart. And I just, it sat there open the whole time. And I just preached to him for an hour. And uh, afterwards, they were just like, you were telling us things that we were talking about in, in, our, in the hotel room last night. And you were going through one by one things wow. that we're going through in wow. our, things with church and things in our lives. And they said, we're just, we're amazed and refreshed. So. Thank the Lord for his goodness. I didn't plan it that way. It's just him. So we give him glory and praise. Amen. Any other testimonies? Sister Brenda. Praise the Lord. He's good every day, but today has been an unbelievable day. Like from the time I got up, till I just could get to church. But the biggest one in the middle of the day, I gotta tell you this one. So I had to take my mom to the airport today. And just as we were getting ready to go, we were gonna be a good maybe 40 minutes early. So it gave you some playtime. And she decided to walk out the door and just leave it open. Like no thought in the world, just walk out the door. We have a dog. 
and it was raining outside. So I went to the bedroom to get her suitcase, and I came back in and saw the door open. I was like, oh, my goodness. And then I heard my mom yelling outside, Brenda, the dog is out. So then I was like, oh, my goodness. I ran outside. It's pouring down rain. And he's the kind of dog that if he gets out, he wants to run. He is not a homebody. He wants to enjoy himself. So I was like, Lord, what am I going to do? So then I just was like, okay, I can't worry about nothing. Can't worry about my hair. Can't worry about my clothes. Can't worry about my shoes. I just got to go find this dog. So I ran and just went down the streets and was looking for him. And then he come running towards me. And I was like, come here. And he started to run towards me. And then he changed his mind. He went off running another direction. So then I was like, Lord, you know, we got to go to the airport. And now I'm soaking wet. And I, I, I recognized this could really ruin my day. But I was like, nope, just going to keep my head up. I'm going to keep, I'm going to just kept talking to the Lord. So then I ran into the house and I was trying to find my keys. I couldn't find my keys. Hmm. I was like, I'll get in my car and I'll go look for him. And I literally couldn't find him. I was like, this is so weird. They were just in my purse. Where could they be? And I, so I went back outside and I looked down and my keys were on the front porch. My purse had fallen over and the keys fell out. So then I got my keys. It was just one thing after another. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to go get in my car. And of course I was dripping wet and I had something in the very back of my car that would cover the seat. So it would protect it if I found him. So I was like, okay, so I got in my car drove just a, a block, and then I thought I saw his tail. And so I pulled in, and um, it's like the golf course, and there was this little parking area. So I just pulled in, and I thought, Lord, I don't know what to do. I mean, I don't know where he's at. And I thought, okay, maybe I'll get on next door for, for my neighborhood and just post that if somebody does see my dog, then maybe they can hold him and tell me, and I'll come get him. Well, I got the message about three-quarters of the way typed, and... I didn't never want to post on there. I have never, never wanted to. I'm just shy that way. And I was like, well, so then I, um, UPS truck pulled in and was parked there. And this girl was just taking a break, I guess, which I've never seen UPS do. But so anyway, uh, I was like, okay, so I was sitting there and then I was looking down at my phone and then, um, I heard the dog bark and I looked up and I was like, oh my gosh, there's Knox. And he was, he was like barked and threw his head back at this UPS driver and she shut the door and I was like threw my door open and I looked over at him and I said Knox come here come here boy he ran straight to me all this sopping muddy and I just grabbed him and threw him in the car and we drove home and I was like but I'm just like I was right there in the middle of this horrible situation I needed to get to the airport and through it all I God helped me keep keep my calm. I was like, Satan could have totally ruined my day. And I went to the airport soaking wet. <laughs> and I came home. By the time I got home, I was drying out from the air vent. But I just was just, I guess my big thing here is that this really could have totally like made me angry, made me just beside myself. I don't know. I, sur I survived it. I came home and I'm like, oh, I got time to get ready for church. And here I am. And, and he didn't ruin my day. Praise <laughs> the Lord. Amen. Let's sing something, Brother Brandon.
God. 